Welcome to Through the Trauma Podcast. My name is Amber Larkins, published photographer, storytelling expert, visual artist, entrepreneur, speaker, and coach. This podcast was born from one question. How do I get inspiring stories of triumph out to the people who need to hear them the most? Come with me, enter my world where lives are getting changed, heroes are getting developed, and greatness is being achieved. Hello, and welcome to Through the Trauma Podcast. I am Amber Larkins, your host, and today I have with me a very special guest, Miss Emma Hull. Emma is a confidence coach, and she has been featured on TV, radio, podcast, and a magazine columnist. She has decades of experience in leading and coaching and mentoring successful individuals. Her primary focus is helping people take control of their personal well-being with the help of both practical and somatic tools that combine her extensive corporate and government leadership experience with holistic wellness. So Emma has an amazing story because right in the middle of the pandemic, she found the strength to leave her marriage, quit her job, and create a whole new life for herself. And instead of grinding away at a job that gave her breakdowns, she has a fulfilling career now helping clients gain a new perspective, gain deeper awareness, and giving them an actionable plan to succeed in their goals. So Emma, I'm so excited to have you here. So many people struggle with confidence and it's going to be a nice and refreshing conversation to hear you speak on these things. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Amber. It's my pleasure. Yeah. And I love the accent. I know you just said before we jumped on, you love my accent. I love yours. <laughs> Um, so, uh, tell us, did I, did I leave anything out with the bio or did I, was that conclusive? No, I mean, I mean, that covers it. Obviously, like with everything, there is a lot more detail in there, but essentially that those are the, um, milestones in, in my life, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you, so you work with confidence, people that struggle with confidence and although this might seem like it's not that important, I believe conf everything hinges on confidence. It affects everything that we do and everything that we are and everything that we're trying to accomplish. So if we don't, if we have no confidence to accomplish the things that we're wanting to get to in our lives, then they're not going to get accomplished. So what you're doing is very important. Um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what pushed you into this line of work yeah well just to echo what you said absolutely confidence really is the key to everything and when you have confidence in one area it spills over to another the beautiful thing is that confidence is a skill and it can be learned and that's what I teach and what really pushed me over is realizing that I had spent my entire life, my, my sort of awakening occurred around about 40 years old. And I realized that I'd spent my entire life trying to conform to something that I thought other people wanted me to be. I was never actually comfortable in my body. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like what I did. And I'd spent my whole life trying to get 
get approval, get external validation from other people by being who I thought they wanted me to be. And then when I realized that actually being me is the secret, when I started to trust that and believe and actually develop confidence to my, for myself, it was incredible to notice how, how much of a shift occurred in my personal, my professional life in all areas of my life once I started to actually be confident. I can relate to that as well. I, uh, I, I don't know how close our stories align, but I do know that I went through a divorce as well. And divorce, you merge with this person for whatever, however long you're married. And then when you come out of it, I think it's a common thing to struggle with some confidence because you're, you don't know who you are. And so you, it's hard to be confident in yourself. So I'm hearing you speak and I, I can total, totally relate. And I struggled a lot with confidence coming out of divorce um, because I had, I, I didn't know who I was. Yeah. There's that you don't know who you were. And also you question your judgment as to, you know, have I done the right thing by leaving this relationship? And also, like, what was I thinking to get in? And all you look back at all these different points throughout that story and, and question your, your judgment there. So it really, it, it takes a lot of confidence to go through divorce, but it also is a very, very traumatic experience because you, you really do, you don't know who you are and you question who you were, who you want to be. And, and it's a very transformational period in life. Very much so. But uh, this thing of confidence is huge. And I've meditated on this for years, how this looks in your life. And I would, I don't know exactly how long ago, but several years ago, I started, I get, started getting into affirmations and I started focusing on confidence-based affirmations and it helped me transform the way that I thought and saw myself. Do you work with clients with affirmations or do you use those in any way, shape or form in your work? Absolutely. I love affirmations and I'm delighted to hear that you've discovered them and they work for you. Affirmations are really powerful because it's, it's reprogramming your brain. It's shifting your mindset. It's placing intentional thoughts into your head to replace those unhelpful thoughts. So affirmations are incredibly powerful and, and I use them in many different areas of my work with my clients and, and in my own personal life as well. Mm -hmm. I have little mantras that I use before I go on sales calls with consultations with new clients and you know different situations I have little mantras that I use for my confidence. Let me ask you this because I know this is a question that maybe my listeners would would want to know. Do you believe that trauma can shake up confidence? Absolutely yes. Trauma really does shake your confidence. I also, though, view everything as a gift. And that's part of the mindset shift that I teach my clients is what if the world is happening for you, not to you? So you're 
shift from being in a victim mentality and instead into being, okay, what can I take from this? And I understand like there'll be some people listening saying, oh, that's all very well and easy, but I have experienced trauma myself and, and on a regular basis, things will happen that are traumatic that come up that present me the opportunity to do this. And it genuinely is true. If you reframe your thoughts and then you can choose how you come through that trauma, that builds your confidence and, and gives you more confidence. And so small trauma, large trauma, they, they all absolutely shake your confidence and are opportunities for you to strengthen your confidence. I'd love to, to share an example right now. If yes, please do. Yeah. So I, um, I just got back from a bucket list vacation to New York. I've been dreaming about going to New York for years, finally pulled it together, had this whole list of things to do. And I got shingles on the first day of my vacation. And it got worse and worse throughout the whole vacation. And it's a pretty traumatic thing to go through. And all I wanted to do was curl up in bed and cry. But that would not have served me. And I just have then lived to regret my entire vacation. So I used my strategies of gratitude and using affirmations to actually get myself through. And I'd planned, I'd planned a list of things that I wanted to do and I knew what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do that. And so I was able to just kind of pick each day, prioritizing my list, not doing everything that was on there, but okay, so what is my big thing today? And pooling all of my resources to go and enjoy that and reminding myself why I was doing that, really looking for the delight in whatever it was I was experiencing. One of the things was cycling around um, Central Park. And it started pouring rain while I was doing that. And instead of letting that ruin my day, I just thought, well, this is fun. You know, I'm not going to forget this. This is a good story. And then I found somewhere and dried off. So by, by using that gratitude, using that positive mindset, you can turn something that, that's traumatic and that could ruin your day, could ruin your vacation into a confidence boosting experience that that helps you actually maximize your enjoyment of every day and it's not just on vacation it's it, this is a every day every like it's a struggle i feel like for a lot of people to stay in the mindset you a mindset is just like working out like you have to work out your mindset the same way that you go to the gym every day if you want to see results in it you have to do that I'm glad to hear you say that because I think that is a vital part of being confident. Being able to say that I'm going to do something and then do it. So if you say that I'm going to get up and I'm going to go work out every day at eight o'clock and then you do that for a week and then the next week you stop, you've just showed yourself that I can't hold myself accountable. You know, the thing is, our, we are programmed as human beings to be looking for the negative, looking for danger. And so it, it is natural that, that we do tend to focus on the negative. So don't beat yourself up if you know, you're listening and you're thinking that I'm not, not always positive. No, you're not. People aren't always positive, but you can train yourself. You start to build 
momentum and by holding yourself accountable to something, you feel good about it. What I teach my clients is something, I call it a winning streak. And so what you do is you take that goal of working out at 8 a.m. every morning and you make it so tiny that you can't possibly fail. So maybe, you know, it's I'll work out for five minutes. You can always exceed your goal. I encourage exceeding your goal, but make your goal. I will work out for five minutes at 8 a.m. And then when you hit that day 13, day 15, whatever it is, and you don't feel like doing it, well, you, you've only got to do it for five minutes and then you get to keep that winning streak up. And it's easier to motivate yourself to do that than it is to motivate yourself to do a whole hour. And you may well only work out for that five minutes, but the cumulative power of those 15 days of success build on each other. And then you're going to go in on day 16. And what's really important to do here is to make a visual of this winning streak. And so whether it's on your fridge or somewhere else, like have a chart where you check it off or get those little gold star stickers from the dollar store and give yourself a gold star for every day you do it. And you want to actually visually see your success. And that gives you a dopamine hit when you look at that, as well as then that, that boost from that accomplishment of having done it, having done the exercise itself. So you definitely can use our psychology to work for us, to, to help us hold ourselves accountable and keep up that confidence. That's so powerful. What do you think of visualization in the sense of, so we can have charts and checkoffs and bullet points. What do you think of visualization in the sense of actually posting visuals of what you want to become? Visualization is incredibly powerful. You know, how many people listening have a vision board that's gathering dust in the back <laughs> of their closet that they did last year, right? And then they haven't done the things on it. It's, it's all very well and good to, to post a picture, but there's more to it than that. You need to actually do some energetic work behind it for it to work. And what you need to do is keep that picture somewhere front and center. And so whether it's a vision board, I have mine by the door, so I see it every time I go out of the house, or you can post something like as wallpaper on your phone, something like that. You need to see it regularly, but also to stop and actually feel into the energy of whatever it is you're portraying. So let's go back to your working out at 8 a.m. in the morning example, and perhaps you have a specific goal that you're going to be able to do 10 pull-ups by the end of the year. And so when you're looking at that picture, maybe it's a picture of you doing a pull-up, and you look at that picture and you think about how amazing that's going to feel to achieve your goal, how strong you're going to feel to have done that, the sense of accomplishment you're going to have from having stuck to your plan each week to work out and to progress. And you imagine what it's going to feel like to be able to tell your coach, your friends that you succeeded to post on Instagram and be like, hey, I succeeded. And you think about that and you let yourself feel all those feelings and you notice that actual energetic shift in yourself. And you do that on a regular basis, daily, at the very least, you need to physically get into that energetic and emotional space of having achieved your goal. And that's what makes the difference to visualization and making things like vision boards work. I've been doing vision boards for several years now. And I think there is 
so much power in doing a vision board. But what you said is so right on too, because if you, what good is a vision board if you create it and then you set it to the side and you never look at it, you have to look at it. You have to envision it. You have to envision yourself doing those things or looking that way or being that way or embodying that, that spirit of that thing that you have on the vision board. So whatever that looks like. I've come from the fitness industry. I compare everything to working out. I, I've done photography for years for competitors and, and athletes. And I, um, so I love fitness. I love the industry. And I think fitness is the mindset stretches so beyond, like if you can get the fitness, like if you can understand that mindset, it can stretch into business. It can stretch into, to confidence. It can stretch into anything. But it's so funny because I go through these periods of like ups and downs of being on track, like really on track. My eating is good. My working out schedule is good. I'm consistent with the times. And then I don't know, I get burnt out. Life happens. Kids happen. Like things happen and you get off track. And I found myself gradually letting go of some of those daily routines. And I'm big on this whole thing. If we have a choice, you have a choice. You get to choose your life. You get to choose your actions. I would start like, okay, I'm going to get really strict on my eating. And then I'd get busy with work and then I would not meal prep. And then I would not do my things, which was a huge kick in my confidence. Like I struggled. I started struggling with confidence in so many other areas because I said I was going to do the thing. I didn't do the thing. But back to the vision board, I mean, this is, I'm telling this whole story to get to this. I put on my screensaver, one of the top fitness athletes in the world. And now do I want to be the top fitness athlete in the world? No, I just want to be in shape. But I like looking at her every single time I open my phone and I ask myself, what would she do? What would she do? Would she get up? Now I, I'm unorthodox and I wake up super early to go to the gym and I get made fun of, but I'm there at like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so at four o'clock, three thirty, what would she do? Would she get up and go to the gym or would she lay in bed? What would she do? Would she eat this extra protein bar or would she just stick to the meal plan? So it's so, I'm saying all that to say it is so powerful when you have it right in front of you and you're looking at it on a regular basis. Yeah, that, thank you for sharing that. And that is early to be up in the gym. Well done, you. <laughs> but um, you're, you're right. Having And so whether it's, it's a future vision of yourself or it's someone else who inspires you, but asking yourself, yeah, what the, the successful version of me, the version of me that can do 10 pull-ups, like what did she do? And, and making those choices from that place. But also having compassion for yourself because falling off your little, you know, your routine is completely normal. And we do it all the time. Like life happens. And first and foremost, when that happens, have compassion for yourself. Don't beat yourself up because that's only going to make it worse. And use this as an opportunity to stop and do a little bit of evaluation. Maybe you had overextended yourself and you'd been too ambitious in what you had planned. Maybe something had changed and you hadn't changed your plan to go along with it. And so you can always, it's your plan, it's your life. I like to say that our life is the most important project we're ever going to work on. 
And when you're working on a project, there's always reevaluation, changing scope, changing strategies, changing priorities. And so you're allowed to do that with the project of your amazing, beautiful life. Take a little bit of time to stop, reevaluate, and reset some goals that are achievable. Or sometimes it's a case of, no, there's actually nothing wrong with the plan. I just need to recommit to it and really getting yourself into that energy of that beautiful, inspiring person on your screensaver. Yeah, no, it's so true. And that's, that's very good that you point that out as well, because as humans, we can get very caught up in the fact that I didn't do this and then we beat ourselves up, but it's human nature. We all do it. We all struggle for so many years, 20 plus years. I've been in this industry and, um, I still to this day struggle. It doesn't get easier. You get stronger. I don't know if you've heard that before, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it's like that with anything. And I think what you point out is so important. You have to handle yourself with grace. If you fall off, get back on. And that's going to build confidence too, in saying and committing to doing something and then following through. When you, you work with clients, when someone comes to you, what is some of the things that they, they're struggling with? Or what is some of the reasons that they would come to work with you? I work with clients on all kinds of things. That's what I love about being a general life coach. And as we were talking earlier, you know, improving one area is going to have a knock-on effect on other areas. So someone will always come to me with a thing, and then I'll help them with all kinds of other stuff. So you know, I've, I've had clients who are ready to you know, step up in their career to get a promotion and that they just haven't had the confidence before to do that. And so helping them to get in the right mindset and, and be able to actually go for that promotion. People who, you know, after having raised a family and the kids have gone off to uni, they're left thinking, who am I? What is my purpose? And helping women to to rediscover their purpose and their passion for life. I've also had some clients in their 20s who want to get clear on who they are and what they're doing so that I love this. They end up then, you know, doing things right the first time around and not having to work with me in their 40s to fix their mistakes. <laughs> but of course, I have a great deal of space for working with women in their 40s fixing their mistakes because I have made so many mistakes in my life as well. And so wherever you're at, you know, you're, you're, I love helping my clients to either redirect their lives and, and take on a new area, starting new businesses, changing careers, things like that. And then I also love helping people to work with their relationships, like being able to be your authentic self and actually tell your mom how you're feeling and what you need from her. So many things that you can achieve with confidence. You have this story of where basically how you regained your confidence and you fell in love with the idea of confidence, obviously, because this is what you're doing today. Talk to us a little bit about that, your transformation of how you struggled with this and then you found the solutions. What did that actually look like? I mean, my, my coping mechanism before was masking through drinking, lots, lots of self-medicating with alcohol. Um, 
pretending everything was great, putting on a brave face outside and, you know, living a um, great life on Instagram. <laughs> but then inside being very depressed and, and anxious and, and struggling with that. Um, so it was really living two lives. Um, and, and that was exhausting and stressful, the, the pretending everything was okay when it, when it wasn't okay. It took a lot to, first of all, admit to myself that things weren't okay. And to, you know, yeah, I, would, I was telling myself that I wasn't, I was ungrateful, that I should appreciate the life that I have. But then realizing that, well, no, if I'm unhappy, I'm unhappy. And my feelings are valid. And then navigating through figuring out, well, what do I actually want then? What is important to me and, and what is valuable to me? And, and literally mapping out, what do I want my life to look like? And in terms of, you know, I was unhappy in my marriage and at my work. So I really got to just completely tear up my life and rebuild it again, which was a wonderful and terrifying opportunity but I got to think about what would be nourishing to me. You know, what time do I want to start work? What days do I want to work? How much time do I want to spend cuddling my dog who's snuggled up on the couch? What do I want to do with my downtime? How often do I want to visit family and friends? And giving myself the opportunity to literally dream what would my perfect life be? And not letting all the yeah, buts of reality stop me. Actually coming up with the dream and then slowly working away at the practical steps that I can take towards making that dream reality, which I did actually succeed in, in doing. Those are struggles that a lot of people deal with. And I think that the great thing, again, it goes back to what, what I previously mentioned about you have the, you have the capacity to choose what you want out of life. I think that confidence is one of those things that shows you that you really can, you have the power to choose. And exactly what you described just there is like, I want to know that if this is what I want to do with my life, that I'm fulfilled in doing those things. Again, it just goes back to show you how confidence infiltrates into all these different areas of life in general. So what made you decide to get into doing this with clients? Life coaching helped me to see that a different life was possible and to step out of misery and into purpose and passion. And naturally, I want as many people as possible to be able to achieve that. And in my corporate career, I worked in leadership. So I coached and mentored countless people within the work environment. And that was my favorite part of my job. So why not only do your favorite part of your job? Like I had the skills and, and the experience to do that. Basically taking it, it worked for me. It changed my life. I can change other people's lives. Who am I to not do that? Like that is what I believe I'm actually destined to do. My purpose here on this earth at this time is to help as many people as possible to live their dreams, to 
live life untethered. That's the way I called my company that because instead of being trapped in that box that you've put yourself in, I have the capacity to help you to believe that you deserve something different. And I can teach you the skill of confidence to actually make that different life happen. And it's a beautiful gift that I have that skill. And I'm just honored to be able to use that. Do you have a, a framework or kind of like a system that you take people through to help them understand confidence and the importance of confidence and then how to regain that in their own life? It's unique with every client, of course, because we are all individuals. Um, and so I work with my clients. It's a very intimate relationship over six months where we get to work on all different areas of their life. But there are fundamental pillars that, that I work on, and those include things like you know, learning to have boundaries so that you say no to distractions, learning how to prioritize yourself. And there's different little areas that, that we work on in these different pillars that I help build up everyone's confidence across I work holistically because we can't just work in one area. We work in all the areas and together that, that builds you up. So what do you think someone, if they're struggling with confidence or they're struggling with getting what they want out of life and they start doing some of these things that is vital to confidence, like committing to themselves, sticking through with that commitment, being, you know, having gratitude for the things that you do have, being in the moment, seeing life as beautiful. Once they start working on some of these things, what is some mile markers that they start to shift? That's a wonderful question, Amber. Again, it is, of course, different, but they will notice that old Amber would have just said yes to going out for supper when she didn't want to, whereas new Amber said, no, thank you, without having to give a whole list of excuses and feel guilt about not going. So there'll be these, these moments that they'll see how this new version of themselves has started behaving. There'll also, of course, be milestones like getting a promotion or a pay raise, and those happen along the way too. And what often my clients, they'll see these milestones. But as a coach, I get to help you see each week how far you've come. And one of the ways that I help my clients to make sure they are seeing their progress and their milestones is by encouraging them to celebrate. And so whatever it is you're, you're aiming for, you plan to actually have celebrations when you have achieved things. And this trains you to be on the lookout for your success. And then to actually celebrate it in the moment. So it could be, um, you know, one of my clients is um, was looking to to rent out. Um, he he has various properties that that he rents out, and he's finally signed a deal and and got that secured. And he'd been working on it for months. 
And his celebration that he'd actually planned, I love this one, it's so fun, it's fall right now, was to rake up a big pile of leaves and go <laughs> jump and play in the pile of leaves like a little kid. Yeah. I think setting those um, rewards is is so good too, because well, and just in general, just in general life, it's great to have a reward system set up to where if you accomplish a certain thing, you get to reward yourself and whatever that looks like for you. But what can someone expect having gone from a lack of confidence to then being overly confident? And I know this could probably be different in different people, depending on the struggle that they're having. But what are some things that you see that people start to overcome once they regain confidence or establish a sense of confidence in themselves? It really is you, you shift that inner voice. So instead of doubting and second guessing yourself, you're just like, I know that, that I did the right thing. And so, you know, one of my, my clients, she lives rurally. And so she flew to a city and spent a month in the city going to see um, naturopaths, physiotherapists, things like that, because she, her priority was to take care of her health. That was a huge shift in having the confidence to do that and, you know, pack up and leave your home to go focus on your personal health. People have the confidence to do that kind of thing. Um, there are also shifts. Like one, one of my clients was super shy. She, she was self-conscious about grocery shopping because she worried what people were thinking about what she put in her cart. She ended up volunteering to be part of a play and so is performing on stage because she shifted her confidence so much. And that same client was on vacation with her family and, you know, didn't feel embarrassed to actually participate in group activities and was able to enjoy her family vacation more. You know, big shifts, little shifts. It really is about people being able to do the things that they've always dreamed of and want to do without any ickiness, but just with pure joy. And they become magnetic. And then because they're doing these things with such energy, they inspire other people around them. And so it's this just centrifugal force then of joy and possibility. Do you think confidence can waver like throughout our lives? So trauma we did talk about that can have an effect on our confidence but do you think someone could go from being super confident to then something happening making them maybe less confident and then they have to start working on confidence again absolutely and i mean those can be you know major life events that for so many women or i mean for men as well becoming a parent you might have been confident and then suddenly you have this child. <laughs> All confidence is gone. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Or you get a new job. And in, in your previous job, you'd been confident because you, you knew how to do the things. And now you're starting at the bottom again. Absolutely, confidence can, can waver. But it's, you know, when you think about life, you're, you're growing and it's not a constant upwards, right? We, we have peaks and troughs and the goal is to always be growing and expanding. And so if you are feeling supremely confident, that's lovely. 
but it's time to shake your world up and challenge yourself, put yourself into a situation where you don't feel confident so that you can practice extending that confidence again. So even, you know, if, if life doesn't throw you into that situation, you need to do it for yourself because we need to be growing. We need to be challenged. There's like this, this 70-30 kind of sweet balance where 70% of the time you should be doing stuff that, that you're pretty, you feel competent about, you feel good about. And then 30% of the time, you need to be stretching yourself so that that way we continue to grow. Otherwise, you, as humans, we, we stagnate, we get bored, and, and then that's, that's no fun. I guess then as humans, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to live fulfilled. And I think that if we're not challenging ourselves, we're not fulfilled to the fullest extent. Um, you get content in where you're at, but at some point, it's going to kind of it's right where the rubber meets the road to the point where you're not going to feel fulfilled, I don't think, or at least that's been my experience in life. I'm definitely not an expert in the area of confidence. I feel like I was a pretty confident person. I struggled with a lot of validation issues, what you said early, earlier in the conversation, early on in life, and got into some stuff that was not ideal, and then uh, got married, and I was 13 years in my marriage, and a lot of myself morphed into that. And so when I got out of the marriage, um, it was finding myself again. And I was at a place in my walk, in my life, my journey, where I was, I could not even look people in the eye. Like I struggled with this. And it was a level of like, I have to rebuild myself and so I scoured everything, like, how can I, and I didn't even know to call it confidence that I didn't even necessarily, I mean, later I did, but in the beginning, I, I was just like, I really doubted myself a lot. And I think that for anyone listening, like if you doubt yourself, then there, that, that is a red flag that you're probably struggling with some confidence somewhere and maybe something has happened maybe it's trauma maybe it's just an experience maybe someone's around you who's toxic that is pushing these things in your down your throat that you can't make decisions you can't be this kind of person or you're only this like and it's such a shame but these voices come to us in the form of sometimes in the people that love us the most parents or friends or spouses or significant others, whatever, it's like these voices come. And if we are not aware, we can get caught up in hearing those voices and start to believe them. So you have to be really conscious of what's going in because what's going in is going to affect what's coming out. So I think it's, it's, it's really important. And you spoke to something that I think is so powerful. It goes back to this book I'm reading, The Alter Ego Effect. So good because he talks about embodying, which is basically what you're, you brought up several times throughout our conversation. And I caught it where, what would this person do? Or what would, would I have done then? Mindset is so huge. But when we can put ourselves in that frame of mind of like, now, what would I do in this situation? 
or we ask ourselves the right questions. That's a big thing too. It's being able to ask ourselves like, what is the worst that can happen? <laughs> What's going to happen if I make this decision and weighing those things out and that can build confidence too. Um, another thing that you said that I love the 70, 30, I think this is powerful too. I've never thought of it like quite like you, you described it, but being comfortable for a percentage of time and then moving out of your comfort zone for a percentage of time. I would just beg to differ in the sense that if we are serious about growth, move that needle just a little bit. <laughs> so do it 50-50, comfortable 50% of the time, uncomfortable 50% of the time. The faster that you can move that, the faster you're going to grow, but the more uncomfortable you're going to be. So everything in life is a cost. Everything costs us something, right? What you're saying is so powerful. I wish people could get it because I think that we live in a world and in a culture where so many people struggle with this and they don't even know that's what they're struggling with. I wonder, do you see that in people that you talk to that they don't even realize? Yeah. Well, we've, we've been taught as well to, you know, to, to be modest, to be self-depreciating. And, and so it's almost like being confident can be viewed as a negative and so I, I feel like we're, we're at a shift in the world right now where it's actually being accepted and viewed and recognized that having confidence is valuable especially as women you know we've been told to be like quiet and sit in the corner for, for too long and now that people are seeing that it is valuable that yeah they probably haven't just haven't even thought about it and haven't believed that confidence is a thing that they deserve or that they're entitled to. And now when people are realizing that, you know, I, I want more in life and that I deserve to have it, and then they're starting to, to question, well, why don't I have it? Then, yeah, maybe they're recognizing that that's, that's confidence that they're lacking. Whatever you want to call it, confidence shows up and lack of confidence shows up in so many different ways. It is a skill that can be learned. And so reach out, surround yourself with people who inspire you is, you know, a great way of doing it. And whether that's through books, I read too, podcasts, um, you know, actual people that you can hang out with. Maybe you go to join a fitness class where the teacher really inspires you. Surround yourself with people that, that exhibit the qualities that you desire to have because it is contagious and it will start rubbing off. Whereas if you surround yourself with people who say you should just stay where you're at, then that's exactly what's going to happen. You're the product of the five people you're around the most. So we constantly have to watch what those five people that were around the most is breeding into us because they can totally breed into us negativity and toxicity, or they can breathe into us life and encouragement and strength. And so it's so powerful to, to do that. Tell us a little bit about how someone could get in contact with you. Absolutely. Yeah. You can find me on social media at the life untethered. My website is lifeuntethered.com. That's a great place to find me as well. You can sign up for my mailing list there or send me an email. My email is emma at lifeuntethered.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you wanted to leave our audience with one thing, one big takeaway, what, 
what, do you, what would that be? It's that your inner voice is your most powerful tool that you have. And so you can choose for that inner voice to be talking you down, or you can choose for that inner voice to be your cheerleader. So find an affirmation that works for you and use that, repeat it to yourself as a mantra at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, and then as many times as possible throughout the day. And it really will help to shift and change your whole day. And where do you suggest people would find affirmations if they are new to affirmations and they're like, Ooh. I don't really know what to, what to say. Maybe give us an example. Yeah. So really the simplest way to create an affirmation is to think about something that you want and then turn it into a present tense, present tense statement. So let's say, you know, you really wish that you, you slept better. And so you would then turn that around thinking about, well, what would I feel like if I did sleep well? Maybe it would be that I feel energized and rested. And so you would tell yourself, I feel energized and rested. And whatever it is, you flip around what you want and you make it a present tense, I am statement. And then it's really powerful if you can actually do it looking into a mirror, looking at yourself when you're saying it. I can attest to this. It feels like it doesn't work at first, but stick with it. Trust the process because it does work. <laughs> I can attest to it. So, um, Emma, thank you so much for coming and sharing your expertise on, on confidence. I think you're doing beautiful things. You're helping people regain confidence. I do think that it's something that is much needed uh, because we have so many things in the world that affect us in negative ways. We live in a very toxic world, toxic in what we put into our bodies, what we put into our minds, what we are exposed to on a daily basis. So um, it's much needed in the world. So I appreciate you coming and sharing with us today. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Amber. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for listening to Through the Trauma Podcast. If you have found value in this episode or believe in the mission behind what we are doing, please subscribe so that you never miss any future episodes. Also, be sure to check out our Transformation Project at transformationthroughtraumaproject.com where we help inspirational stories get heard on a larger scale through multiple platforms. If you know someone who can benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Until next time.